Welcome to the Midweek Motivation Podcast, where we bring practical help for your faith and life. Here's today's episode. I hope you're sitting down because this is an intervention. You need to break up with your bad habits. And I do too. And we try, right? It's not like we haven't tried. How many times have you tried? I've tried a bazillion. And it seems like sometimes it works if I really want it to work and if I really pursue it in the way that works. But sometimes it's a half-hearted attempt to pretend like I'm trying, but to make sure I don't actually break that bad habit. And there's a reason why all that is true. You know, you really can't live the new life until you leave the old life. That's where we left off in our teaching at Westside Community Church this past weekend in this series that we're on called The Me I Want to Be. And trust me, there's a me that I want to be that I'm not fully there yet. And I'm sure that's true of you too. You get this vision for yourself. You got this dream, this idea of who you could become. Maybe for you, you've you've thought about it a lot, but there's not been a lot of movement toward it. Maybe there's been some traction and then it's like two steps forward, one step back, all of that. Um, but just like a bad date, a bad habit can push you into a direction you don't want to go that you never intended for yourself. And it's really time for you and me to get serious about this and break up with some bad habits. And I want to talk about exactly how that works. Now, um, there, there is that old you and that new you. And we do know this about habits. What gets rewarded gets repeated. That's for sure. Uh, been true my whole life, and I'm sure it's true your life. It's It works, though. Repeating happens because we reward. That works for the bad and the good. So there's great news coming as we unpack this a little bit. It was, it was back in my teenage years that I really started to, to, to become aware of this for lots of reasons, one of which was how bad my room was. Man, my room was messy. It was so messy. I cannot believe that my mom didn't strangle me, honestly. I mean, she probably tried because my room was such a mess. And it's funny because now I look at myself as a somewhat tidy person. I'm not the world's cleanest person, but I'm a little bit obsessive about certain cleanliness things. And and these days I would never let my room look the way that my room did as a teenager. And one of the one of the like breakthrough moments for me was when my girlfriend Melissa came into my room for the first time. <laughs> it was not presentable. And I just never wanted that to be her experience uh, after that. And then I married that girl and I still don't want that to be her experience. So there's been kind of like a whole different reinforcement system for me to think about that aspect of my life. And it's it's probably a good case study for me to think about the other aspects of my life. You know, those, those other habits that I want to break, those other areas where I want to move forward, the me I want to be. How do you let go of the old and embrace the new? What's the real mechanics of it? Because that's what the that's where the rubber meets the road, right? I mean, we can talk theory all day long, but until a thing that I do stops and I start doing a different thing, then my life doesn't really change. So let me tell you why this matters. Because I know that when it comes to a, a, a dirty room, or maybe for you, you know, drinking too much coffee, or maybe some other, you know, thing that doesn't like have life or death consequences, it might not ever feel urgent enough for us to change it. But think about my grandpa for a second who started drinking at the age of eight, drinking alcohol, became an alcoholic right away. And his whole life, he was an alcoholic until he died. And he tried changing it so many times, so many times. He didn't want to be that person. In his lucid moments, I've had several conversations with him. 
And he wanted to change that. But it, it had a grip on him. And he was never able to overcome that. And if we do not get a grip on our habits, if we do not break up with our bad habits, they may just try to seize control of our life. And it could lead us into a place we never, never, never want to go. That impacts not just us, but impacts lots of people around us. Not just immediately, but even generations later. So let's think about what habits need to go and how we're going to do that. Now, uh, an interesting thing about this article I read recently from the Harvard Business Review about this very topic said, what we really need to do is go through some mindfulness training. And it's funny that the New Testament and the Harvard Business Review would have the very same approach. Uh, in fact, 1 Peter 5.8 in the New Testament says, be alert. Don't let yourself be surprised that there's this roaring lion named the devil you know, lurking around, prowling around, seeking whom he may devour. I mean, we got to be alert, mindful about what happens in our lives. And there's there's a kind of a cycle that happens. And it goes like this. It goes trigger, behavior, reward. Trigger, behavior, reward. That's just the cycle that we go through in this habit kind of thing. And so if we're going to break a bad habit, if we're going to break up with a bad habit, we need to understand, first of all, the triggers like, what triggers you? I mean, that's a really important thing. Identify your triggers. For you, it might be that you you get afraid or you get this anxiety. And so maybe, you know, some people, they get a little bit of anxiety and they instantly, you know, turn on Netflix or something to escape. You're going to set your responsibility aside, just going to move away from it to do something that's either unproductive at best or destructive at worst. You could reach for Netflix, you could reach for a drink, you could reach for some kind of substance that would make your mind relax, you know, and and so that's a trigger, right? And the trigger would be what? What triggers you? Think about in your in your worst moments, and I know it's not a comfortable place to go, but just for a second, go with me to to the worst moments, the ones where you did you did succumb to the temptation. You did go down that path again that you don't want to go down. What was happening? What was the trigger? Was it conflict? Was it fear? Was it anxiety? Was it your health? What was it that triggered you? Was it somebody else's behavior? You know, what was the trigger? We got to identify those triggers. And then the second thing that we want to do is find a better way to meet that need. And so I I figured that, you know, if we go trigger to behavior, there's got to be something that interrupts that cycle right there. So you can halt right between the trigger and the behavior if you're aware enough to go, I see what's happening right now. I see that I'm anxious again. And the last time I was anxious and I wasn't aware, I reached for a drink and then another drink and then another drink and then another drink. And how do I interrupt that cycle? Well, I need to replace the behavior with something that actually meets the need in a better way. I love what Romans chapter 6 says in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul, he goes, your body is an instrument uh, of righteousness. He's like, I want you to use, God wants you to use your body as an instrument of righteousness to please God, to honor God, to do things that are productive, to make a difference in the world. Your life is intended to be something that's a wonderful display of God's grace and glory and love. And so Paul's like, use the parts of your body as instruments of righteousness, not uh, uh, the other way around. Don't let the enemy use 
the parts of your body for the opposite purpose. And it's like we got to be in that place of mindfulness, awareness, alertness to understand what's my trigger and then what's that behavior that I often move toward and how can I replace that behavior with something that's more productive, that's going to actually meet the need. Think about this for just a second. I mean, anxiety, if anxiety is our our example, and we reach for something either as an as a unproductive or as destructive, um, then what are what's the real cure for our anxiety? Well, it'd be peace, comfort, resolution. Prayer might be a better behavior that would you know solve the real problem, or maybe sharing our concern with somebody that we trust might actually you know solve the problem instead of compounding it, which is what happens when we delay. Because for us, escape in those moments is just a delay, and that compounds the problem because the more time that goes by without a resolution, the worse it gets. So it's important for us to go, I know what my tr- my trigger is. I'm, I'm going to identify out of that trigger what is a more productive, more helpful, more beneficial behavior that I can engage in when I feel that way. Just a very simple thing that we can do. And the third one is, uh, focus on the benefit or the reward of doing the right thing. I mean, the whole thing about a habit cycle is that we go trigger, behavior, reward. But if we were to say, I want to choose, I want to understand my trigger, I want to choose a different behavior, and I want to focus on the reward of that better behavior, like as an example, again, the Apostle Paul talks a lot about eternal rewards. And the New Testament definitely talks about what comes as a result of us doing the right thing. Not just here, there's tons of rewards here. Uh, the Bible says you, you reap what you sow. You know, if you sow seeds of obedience, seeds of self-discipline, seeds of trust, right? Seeds of doing the right thing, seeds of love, then you're going to reap all those things in many, many times over, exponentially more, you're going to reap those things. And, And that's a wonderful way to think about if I do the right thing here, Here's what's going to happen. And you start painting that picture for yourself. Because it's easy to think, if I reach for that drink, I'm going to feel better. If I just watch another show, I'm not going to be worried anymore. But what happens is we put put ourselves in those situations and it doesn't get better. But what if it did get better? What if we could paint the picture of what's going to happen, not only now, but also in eternity. I mean, the Bible talks so much about eternity. Like this is the, this is a drop in the bucket our life here, 70, 80, 90, 100 years. I mean, hopefully, uh, Elon Musk and all those folks are right about how long we're going to live in the future. My son's pretty excited about the possibility of living to be 130 years old. I'm claiming that one too. I'm going to be 130. That'd be awesome. But even if I live to be 130 years old, that's a drop in the bucket of eternity. That's nothing, right? James in the New Testament says, that's a vapor, a vanishing mist. It's nothing in the lens of eternity. Because what comes after this life lasts forever. And Paul says, you know, this is this is your chance to earn those eternal rewards to, to, as Jesus would say, lay up treasure in heaven. I mean, every time you obey, every time you do the right thing, not only are you becoming a person that you can respect, that others can respect, that actually makes a difference in the world, but you're also putting those treasures up in heaven. Those, you know, you're going to live forever after you die if you're a follower of Jesus. And it's a wonderful thing that he's promised those who believe. He's promised those believers that life forever. And he's told us that it can get better and better and better as we plant more and more seeds 
that are eternal seeds. So that reward is is so it's so enduring. I mean, I love it. It's it's like those people that we see turning their life around at Westside Community Church. Oh my gosh, so many times we're watching these old habits break. You know, somebody's come to grips with the fact that they got to break up with an old habit. They've collected a crew around them of support so that they're not alone. You know, they they diligently look at truth on a daily basis so that they can be reminded of what's right, what's wrong, because it's easy to get confused in the middle of all this bad habit stuff, isn't it? And they persist and they persevere. And of course, yeah, they fall down. Of course they fall down. But they get back up, they dust themselves off, they lock arms again, they keep going at it. And before you know it, that old habit is broken and replaced with a brand new, much better habit that becomes something that they're proud of. And I know that that's what we all want in our life. We want to be the me we want to be, not the me we used to be. And, and so I want to encourage you, make, a, make it a declaration, a point, a line in the sand right now. I'm going to break up with my bad habits, and I know how to do it. I hope to see you grow and move forward and keep doing it because God is with you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Midweek Motivation. To make sure you don't miss any content in the future, please subscribe, share, and if you enjoyed this, give us a like. And consider popping by a Westside service some weekend. You can find out more at westsidecommunitychurch.com.